0: Genesis 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and he called the darkness night. Evening came. And then morning, the first day. Verse six. Then God said, Let there be an expanse between the waters, separating water from water. So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above the expanse, and it was so. God called the expanse sky. Evening came, and then morning, the second day. Then God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered into one place, and let dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth. He called the gathering of the water seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth produce vegetation, seed bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And it was so. The earth produced vegetation, seed bearing plants according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Evening came. And then the morning, the third day, then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night. They will serve as signs for festivals and for days and years. They will be lights in the expanse of the sky to provide light on the earth. And it was so God made the two great lights, the greater light to have dominion over the day and the lesser light to have dominion over the night, as well as the stars God placed them in the expanse of the sky to provide light on the earth, to dominate the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. Evening came, and then morning, the fourth day. Today is Family Sunday. And I really want to focus in today on how what we believe about what I just read, and that's not all the days of creation. I know I stopped at day four. But I really want you to to understand what we believe about that. What, What you, as an individual Christian, believe about creation will determine how you view the world that we live in and how you live your life. The Bible begins by telling us about the beginning of life on this planet, what I just read, about the creation of the world. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. But the wind of God swept over the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. He called the light day the darkness. He called night. The first thing God created was light. Without light, there can be no life as we know it. Plants need it to grow. Animals need plants to eat. So God begins creation with light. The Bible goes on to describe the other wonderful things that God created to make the world, the sky, the seas, dry land, plants, the sun, the moon, stars, animals in the sea, birds in the sky, land animals and cows and bugs of every kind. And finally, God created us, human beings, men and women. The Bible says, and God saw everything that God had made, and indeed it was very good. There's a lot of important stuff happening In this first chapter of the Bible, in these first few verses, we start off with nothing and we end up with with us. We end up with with something amazing. It's in this beautiful, huge universe and it's filled with wonders. Creation, I think it's the most amazing thing ever, don't you? It's awesome, it's miraculous, but, but in a way, the creation of this wonderful world shouldn't be surprising because. It started with something. It started with someone. It started with God. The book of Genesis begins with possibly the most important words in the Bible. In the beginning, God. Creation. All of life begins with God. He's the one who created it. He is the creator. He was there in the beginning. He has always been. He always will be. It's it's part of what makes God, God. As we get started on this today, I want us just to give our thanks to Him. Will you pray with me? Father God, Creator God, and we just thank you and praise you for all the wonders of nature. Thank you for creating such a beautiful world. Thank you for, for allowing us to be in it. Thank you for the mountains and the oceans and the sun and the moon and the stars and the trees and the flowers. For fish and birds and cows and cats and people. Thank you for putting us here in this marvelous world. And thank you for always being here with us now and forever. Amen. Again, Genesis 1 1. In the beginning, God, do you believe that? Okay, like four of you do. I mean, I caught you off guard. In the beginning, God. Do you believe that? Yes. Do you really believe that? Yes. All right, because I'm going to tell you what I believe. I believe that what you believe about creation will determine how you view our world and how you live your life. That's what I believe. And since you all said you believe that in the beginning, God, this is going to be great because the Bible says that in the beginning, God. But the problem is science says in the beginning, goo. See how that works? Science says that out of this little speck of dust that was floating around, bang, everything showed up. Bible says in the beginning God, science says in the beginning goo. Almost everything. You see, the Bible says that. And when you, when you, when you go with in the beginning goo, it comes from nothing and everything shows up. The solar system showed up, then it was... Millions of years later, while we developed from a single cell organism through a millions of year trial and error process called evolution. Oh, this hurts my head to get into all that. How is it easier to believe the Big Bang Theory of creation than to believe that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God? Just so you know, it really does matter what you believe about creation. I've had a lot of people say, well... It doesn't really matter what I think about creation because the reality is God's here and and He loves us and He sent Jesus and it's all good. So what I think about creation doesn't really matter. But it does matter what you believe about creation. You can't say things like, I believe in biblical creation and some of the principles of evolution. It's not both and. It's either or. Either you believe in biblical creation and the absolutes that come with it or you believe the Big Bang and the evolution religion. Quick side note. If our God created the heavens and the earth then you must understand he doesn't need to use evolution to, to continue what he has started. I've heard Christians say that. I've heard Christians say, well, God created everything, but then he used evolution. You know, it was, it was his, 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 he started out with his creation, but then, then certain things evolved to be what they are today. Um, I don't get that because I don't think that God needs evolution. He doesn't need to use evolution. He, he spoke and it happened. He does not need evolution to prove him. But I've heard people say that. And by the way, Ken Ham says this is one of his videos. It's a series called Answers in Genesis, and talking about evolution and and talking about what the world has found in evolution. And specifically, he talks about Charles Darwin. He says, You know, when Darwin saw some of the finches on the Galapagos Islands, he saw that some had big beaks and some had little beaks. And he said, Evolution. They've evolved to do these things. Uh, Ken Ham says, That's not evolution. That's just big beaks and little beaks. I mean, look around you right now. Go ahead, look around. I see big beaks, little beaks. I'm just saying, it's not evolution. You don't smell better than me because your nose is bigger. You may tell better stories. Little Pinocchio, see this? Never mind, you missed it. I get it now. <laughs> but we say sometimes as Christians, we... We allow that thought process that God uses evolution. He doesn't need evolution. I just read to you where he created the water. He filled it with everything that is in it. And even later on, he walked on it. He turned it into wine. He had power over it. He didn't need creation. And we have the nerve to say that he couldn't create everything as it is. We allow our world to convince us that God needed to use evolution. And then we have the Big Bang Theory, which, by the way, that whole theory was coined by Sir Fred Hoyle. There was a big bang billions of years ago. And then you get the sun. Then you get the earth. as a hot molten blob of nothing that finally has to cool off. And and, and it's interesting to me. The Bible says that the earth came first and was covered with water. And then the sun came on day four. So if the big bang is right, then the Bible is wrong. But you said you believe this, right? I just want to make sure I'm not wrong yet. So if you believe that God used evolution, if you believe the Big Bang theory, you're saying the Bible's not true or that it has some flaws and I'm here to tell you God's word is infallible. There are no mistakes here, there are no loopholes, there are no contradictions. It says the same thing today that it said for over 2000 years. But for some reason, instead of saying by faith I will believe God's word, more and more Christians today are saying by faith I will believe man's word. How can man know? Now, as a matter of fact, in the book of Job, God says, Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. That's Job 38, verse 1. But we don't understand. None of us were there. We weren't there to see God create the world. But we know He's the one who made it, even if we can never fully understand how He did it. God didn't just create the world and leave it to run itself based on chance and circumstance. He is still busy today keeping everything running. He is still busy today. We need to remember that every breath we take is a gift from God. He created our world. He created us, and he created everything that we need to live. But why did God create us? Why did he create this world, the whole universe? Why did he make everything? The answer is pretty simple. He made it to glorify himself. Everything God does, He does so it will bring glory to Him. If we understand that, then we can quickly understand that our purpose for being here on this earth is that we are here to glorify God. Everything is here to glorify God. How can everything glorify God? Psalm 148 Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise the Lord, fruit trees, wild animals, small creatures, kings of the earth, young men and maidens, old men and children. Praise the Lord. Let me ask you this question How can a bird praise God? How can a bird praise and glorify God? By doing what it was created to do, by building nests, by singing, by laying eggs. How can a rock praise God? It doesn't do anything it can praise God just by being a rock because he created it. But how can we praise God and glorify God? By being the people that God created us to be. By being people who will love him and obey him and give our lives to him. Matter of fact, the very last verse of Psalm 148 of the very last Psalm says, let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God with your life today. I want to put a nice bow on this because uh, this can really get overwhelming when you start looking into science and creation and, and all these different things and as it goes back and forth. Um, but, but if you believe in biblical creation, what I just read, if you believe in that, there's some things that you need to cling to. Because when we believe biblical creation, we will have some absolutes in our life. I, don't want, I want to show you something. First off, Right over here, it's one of my most prized possessions. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. What is it? The motorcycle. What's it made out of? Legos. Just over 1,500 Legos to be exact. Looks like a lot of work there. There's some real detail happening. You're probably wondering who made it. I did. I made that. Not someone else, me. Is there a chance that all of those 1,500 random Lego pieces uh, just came together in the form of a motorcycle because I shook the box really hard no. and dropped it and threw it down the stairs? No. Is, that, is that possible? No. no, it's not possible. I made that. I made that over 10 years ago. And I made it when Mitzi was pregnant with Dylan. And I would come home, I would rub her feet, and then I would work on my Legos for a little while. A little bit of a time. That's when I realized I hated Legos. (laughs) Because they just come with pictures, and it's a black and white instruction book, and they're shaded, and it's a full-color motorcycle. Figure that one out for me. A little bit of a time. It took me, I'm proud to say, just under nine months to create this amazing motorcycle. It couldn't have done it by itself. That'd be ridiculous. But just like this didn't make itself, our world didn't make itself either. Our God made the world and everything in it. He made the whole universe. We don't exist by chance. We exist by choice. We exist by God's choice. And if we believe that, we must live like we believe that and stop believing the world as it's infallible and believe God's word as infallible. Or excuse yeah. Stop believing the world is infallible and believe God's word as, as infallible. Yeah. The case in point is this. You believe in evolution and millions of years, then that means before Adam and Eve sinned by disobeying God that there was death. Okay? Because the whole thing is God created. I just read through all this. God created, God created, God created. And he said it was good. All right, and we know that God is good and that God doesn't like things like sin and death and evil and hurt and destruction. And so things were good until man messed up because of woman, but that's a whole other sermon. I'm kidding, ladies. I'm just kidding. Man, that, they didn't take that one good. Sin happened, poor judgment. All right, and with that sin followed death. Death didn't come before sin. Sin came, and then there was death. But if you follow um, evolution, <coughs> excuse me, if, if you believe evolution, how old are fossils? Holler it out. Somebody holler out. How old is a, how old is a fossil? Old. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> we, some, some fossils are said to be 280 million years old. That's way before Adam and Eve. That means death was before what God created was good. That doesn't make sense to me. It can't be. There was no death before Adam and Eve disobeyed God. He created everything, including them, and said it was good, and it wasn't until after their sin that death enters the world. But when we begin to compromise something that simple from the creation story, we will actually begin to compromise other areas of Scripture and other areas of our life as we continue on the the, the road of compromise. We actually, when we start to buy into that, we start to undermine the authority of the Word of God. If God's word is true and he is the absolute authority and he makes the rules, here's the point. This is why what we believe about creation will determine how we view our world and our life. When you look at things like this, the meaning of life, where do you find the meaning of life? You find it in our purpose. I talked about our purpose earlier. What's our purpose? To glorify God. But if you don't believe this is true, your purpose is going to be different. It's going to be to glorify self. The standards that we set for our families will shift. When you don't believe this as true, the standards that we believe about marriage will shift. What we understand about the laws that we have coming from the Ten Commandments and six days of creation and all of God's authority, those things will begin to shift. And if we're going to accept millions of years of evolution, that means that man is the authority. When when you're going to accept Darwinism and these other theories of evolution, you're giving man the authority over God. And eventually, that leads to lawlessness. Lifestyles change. Behaviors change. Things that weren't acceptable are acceptable. Our standards begin to shift about what is acceptable for our viewing and our reading. When we begin to accept things that, that like abortion is just a common trip to the doctor's office. When we bring up young people in the church to believe that it's okay to interject man's authority over Scripture and over God, by the time they're in high school, they will begin to use man's ideas to interpret their morality. Wait a minute. That's already happening today, isn't it? We're already doing it. Our country is already doing it. The definition for marriage is open for what feels right. Things like abortion are becoming justifiable even in churches, even amongst Christians today. Brothers and sisters, we are raising up a culture, even in the church. We are raising a church culture where so many of us have allowed man's ideas to reinterpret Scripture and we aren't taking the stands that we should be taking. Here's a fact for you. Only 9% of teenagers today, and this was a survey taken last year by Barna, or two years ago by Barna, 9% of teenagers today calling themselves Christians believe in absolute morality. 9%. When it comes to what's right and what's wrong, 9% of Christian teenagers believe in absolute morality. 10 years ago, it was 40%. 10 years, we went from 40% to 9%, knowing what's right and what's wrong. Man, where did the wheels start to come off in that? I'll tell you where. I think the wheels started to come off in the beginning. Because we transitioned from in the beginning God to allow in the beginning goo. We have allowed so many things to be accepted in the name of science. And in thinking that we have to trust people that are smarter than us, they wouldn't mislead us on purpose. In our quest for knowledge... We are spiritually starving ourselves, and we are becoming spiritually malnourished. And we are allowing that to happen to our families. So today, on Family Sunday, with your families here, as we come to our response time, what I've been praying about this week is your response as parents and as grandparents That it would be to commit yourselves to knowing what God's word says. Don't trust what I say about it because I'm stupid sometimes. I'll say dumb things. Ask my wife. But I'll preach from this. And I'll stand on this. And you need to do the same. I've been praying this week that we will begin to know what God's word says as individuals. And that we will faithfully instill God's word into the lives of our kids, into the lives of the kids in our community, into the young people at Huntsville Christian Church. Listen, if our young people who have led you in worship today grow up and they end up with no absolute moral belief of what is right and wrong, that takes 9% down to about 1%, then that's our fault. The Christian life is not a movie theater. Silence is not golden here. Brothers and sisters, it's time for us to begin speaking up and speaking out in love about what God's Word says. It's time for us to do that. Parents and grandparents, I've told you before, ignorance is not bliss. We must learn about the internet. We must learn about the cell phone that your kid has and how to use it. We have to learn about Facebook and Twitter and Vine and other forms of social media. But most importantly, we need to learn about the truth of God's word. And we need to stand on that truth and share it with our family. And we need to share it with generations to come. Because if we don't, who will? Today we're going to sing our response song. If you have a response to God's word, make it. If you're thinking that today is the day you're going to reclaim your family for Christ, and you want to, you want some accountability or you want some prayer, just come forward. The elders will pray with you um, about that decision. I don't know where you are, but I know this: if you can't believe the first twelve verses in the Bible that they're absolute, that they're true, that they're real, that that's how it's designed, you're not going to believe and follow the rest of it. It's how we're wired. And what we believe in creation will determine what we do in life. It will determine what we accept from our world and it will determine where we will stand and where we will fall. And it goes all the way back to the beginning. And remember this, as long as you're still breathing, it's never too late to honor God and share His Word with others. Right now, will you stand and sing as these guys continue to lead us in worship with our response song?